Hey guys, welcome to The Nursing Co-op. I am so excited that you're here. On this podcast, our goal is to build your confidence, expand your knowledge, and create a supportive, cooperative community for nurses, one nurse at a time. My name's Ashley. I'm a registered nurse on a mission to empower nurses to build meaningful careers and change nursing culture along the way. In our time together, I hope to share my experiences, provide you with resources, and create a space where you can find your footing as a nurse without judgment. We will unravel nursing topics and make connections with amazing guests to give you all of the tools that you need to build an incredible life and career. I believe that it takes a village to build a strong nurse. We are your village. This is The Nursing Co-op. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Nursing Co-op. So this week, we are talking about a topic that's a little bit heavier and a little bit bigger than some of the topics that we've discussed previously. So we're going to be talking about end-of-life conversations. Of course, this topic is humongous. End-of-life, comfort care, there's so much that goes into this that it's impossible for me to cover everything in one week's episode. So we're going to be kind of breaking it up You'll hear more of these episodes in the future. We'll dive into different topics. But for today, I want to talk about this in the context of family members. It's discussing end of life with a family member of a patient who maybe is going to move on to comfort care or that is critically ill on a ventilator and they're deciding that that patient's going to be extubated and move to comfort care. And I really just want to talk about this in the context of what your conversations could look like, what aspects to include when you are talking with family about end of life. Because this topic is really hard to talk about. It's one that our society, we are we are afraid of death. We don't talk about it. It's not openly discussed often on in our families, in society. We see things on the news, but it's very detached. It's not something that most of us are comfortable discussing, especially in the United States. We as a society tend to focus on lengthening and prolonging life, not about when life ends. And unfortunately, as nurses, it's this is not a topic that they really cover very well in nursing school. It's something that we all have to face in different scenarios and wherever you're working, This is something that you more than likely are going to have to handle, either losing a patient or at least discussing that possibility, discussing end of life. It's something that's so, so vital. It's so important to the families. It's so important for the patient, but we don't get any training on how to, how to approach this topic, how to approach a really uncomfortable topic with family members or patients who are very afraid and have a lot of questions. Maybe they're angry. We don't get any training. So I am a thousand percent not the expert in this area, but I want to just talk about a few things that I think are important when you're having these conversations and a few resources that you can use. Now, again, humongous topic. I'm not going to be covering everything here, and I'm going to be talking today about this from the perspective of the family members not the patient. So that's a whole other story, discussing end of life with the actual patient. I'm going to be talking about this more from the context of a patient who maybe is in the ICU, they're on a ventilator, they're 
not getting any better and we're deciding that we're going to be moving to comfort care and extubating and that the patient's more than likely going to pass pretty quickly because they are unable to support their own respiratory drive. So very specific, but this is what I saw frequently in the ICU, especially during COVID. This is the scenario that I saw most often. And so I think this is, this is an easy way to kind of dip our toes into this topic is talking with family because that's uncomfortable in itself, but also talking with a patient about their own end of life is another thing that can be really uncomfortable. So again, we will talk about all of the different scenarios. We're going to be talking about comfort care. We'll talk about how to have these conversations even more in depth. I just want to start talking about this topic and discuss a few things that you can bring into this practice that will help you feel more comfortable and just approach this topic and support your families the best that you can in a difficult time. So I know that that's a lot of clarification before we even dive into the topic, but end of life, death, dying, comfort care, this is humongous. This is a huge topic. It's so complex and there are so many factors that impact how things unfold. There are so many players in this scenario. There's so many situations that you may face that it's impossible for me to cover it all in an episode. So I just don't want you to leave this episode thinking that this is all you need to know or that this is all I think that you need to know. I just want to breach the topic. I want us to start talking about this so that we can normalize the conversation and get better at this skill. So to set the stage, I want you to think about this from this perspective. So you have a patient, maybe you're working in the ICU, you have a patient who's on a ventilator, who has been for a while, they're sick in some way, maybe they have COVID, and they're not getting any better. And the decision has been made by the family, they've discussed this with the appropriate care providers, the decision has been made that you're going to transition this patient to comfort care. You're going to compassionately extubate the patient. You know that this patient has not had their own respiratory drive when you've done things like uh, breathing trials. You know that they are more than likely not going to be able to support themselves once they are extubated and once any life-supporting medications are stopped. So things like norepinephrine, epinephrine, phenylephrine, Once all those things are stopped, you know that they won't have uh, adequate underlying blood pressure or heart rate, whatever supporting medications you have on. You know that once these things stop, that that patient is more than likely going to expire pretty quickly. And at this point, you have family at bedside. They're there because they know that their loved one will be dying soon once these life-saving, life-supporting measures are ended. They know that that time is is coming soon. So they are at the bedside ready to be with their loved one as they pass. So in this specific scenario, I want to talk about a few things that I think are really important for us to bring into our care as we're delivering care, as we are interacting with these family members. I want to highlight a few things that you can keep in mind when you are faced with this scenario and when you want to best support your family members in this time. So the first thing that's really important is our communication skills and the language that we use in these scenarios during this time. So a couple things I want to talk about. First is 
using the present tense, continuing to use the present tense with the family and this patient. So I think what happens sometimes, and I I did this when I first was in the ICU and first faced with this scenario, it's easier for us as nurses because we've maybe had this patient for a little while. We know that they aren't going to make it. We know that they're going to be dying soon. Maybe in our minds, they've been gone a long time. And so sometimes it's easy for us to already start referring to the patient as if they have died. So already start referring to the patient like they're already gone. So for example, when you're talking with the family and saying something like, she must have been a really great mom to have all these people here, or it sounds like she was really amazing, or it sounds like you guys really loved her. All of those things are in the past tense. So it's assuming that this patient is already gone. And of course, this is not intentional on the part of us nurses, but it can happen and it can be really insensitive. It can be really hurtful for families. So just keep in mind the language that you're using and really think about things before you say them. Another piece that's really important when it comes to communicating with family members is that a couple things. One, that silence is okay and also to focus on active listening. So let's break these down just a little. Silence is not a comfortable thing for us, especially in our society. We feel during a conversation, we feel like we need to fill empty space with words. If there is a break in a conversation, if nobody's saying anything, we feel the need to fill that space with words. We feel like we need to say something. But giving support and being compassionate is often not about what you say. And nothing that you say is going to fix the situation. It's not going to make anyone feel better. So instead of worrying so much about saying the right thing and filling all this space with your thoughts or things that you think you should be saying, holding silence can be so much more powerful. Allowing for silence can be powerful. This is a difficult situation. There aren't words to fix this. So it's okay to have silence in your conversations with family members during this time. The other side of this is active listening. And again, that has nothing to do with saying the right thing. It's about being present with that family. So active listening, the key is to be really present, to actually listen, make eye contact, make sure that you're paying attention. So avoid distractions. When you are talking about these things with your with this family, this is not the time to be charting something, to be writing a note, to be scanning medications and to be doing an assessment. Be fully present in the conversation with family members or with the patient, whatever whatever scenario you're, you're faced here. It's important to actually listen. And you can also use tools like reflection. So make sure that you're paraphrasing and saying back what you're hearing from the family so that they know that you're listening to them and that you make sure that you're on the same page as you move forward. But active listening is key. And part of all of this is a level of vulnerability that you're sharing with this family. So it's not supposed to feel comfortable. You are not supposed to have all the answers. There is no right thing to say. It's really just about being with that family, doing your absolute best, being human with them, compassionate and vulnerable in this space. Those things are really important. 
And the last piece of communication I want to make sure that I highlight is kind of two-sided. It's to avoid giving false hope because again, what happens when there's silence or when somebody that we're talking with is really emotional, we feel like we want to make them feel better. We feel like we want to say the right thing. So sometimes we give false hope. Sometimes we aren't honest about what's going on because we just want to make someone feel better because it's uncomfortable to watch someone be in pain. So we want to say nice things about what's happening or give promises like, well, maybe they'll pull through or we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they'll maybe they'll breathe on their own. Maybe they'll be okay. Any of those things are not serving that family. So avoid any false promises that you are giving and also make sure that you're just being honest. That's the second piece of this and it goes right along with it. Be honest with the family about what's going to happen, what is going on, what the patient might be experiencing. Be really honest with them and be really clear. This is not the time to be vague. If they ask you questions about, you know, are they going to be okay? Um, Do you think that they're going to breathe on their own? How fast are they going to die? Obviously, you can't give complete for sure answers, but be as honest and clear as you possibly can when answering these kinds of difficult questions. And if you don't have the answer, do not make it up because that can come back to bite you when an emotional family doesn't get what they expected. Okay, so for the communication piece, use present tense when talking about your patient. Silence is okay. And use active listening and reflection and be really honest and avoid giving false hope to your patients and their families. The next big piece of this, of course, is the actual process of transitioning to comfort care and the process of dying. Now, again, huge topic, one that we will cover in the future, but this is about how to discuss this with the family. So when you are making this transition, it's really important, again, to be really clear with the family on what to expect. Explain the process, explain your orders, what to expect in the process of dying and also all of your actions. So let's break that down just a little. So explain the process, let them know what the steps are in this case. So if the patient is on a ventilator, if they have drips that are helping support their blood pressure, Explain the process of what's going to be turned off, how extubation would go, what the steps are, at what point that would happen. Just be as clear as possible when when explaining the process so they know what to, to expect before it happens. So those expectations by discussing these things ahead of time, they aren't panicking at each step of the process. So explain what's going on. Explain all of your actions. So when you go in to give a dose of morphine, because that's the order, explain what you're doing. Explain why. Explain how it's going to help the patient. So in the case of giving something like morphine, you could say something like, I'm noticing that your mom is, it looks like she's kind of having a hard time uh, with her breathing. Maybe she looks like she might be in a little bit of pain. I see that she's grimacing. So I'm going to give her some pain medication that's going to help her feel more comfortable. So this tells them that you are including them in the process, that you are paying attention and that you are caring about their loved one, that you're noticing 
if there's discomfort and that you're focusing on the comfort of the patient. So that lets them know all these things are happening. And in terms of what to expect, some of the key things are what to expect when a patient is passing away. So again, I'm not going to go into every little detail, but for example, explaining that guppy breathing or kind of that death rattle that happens when somebody is dying, that those things can happen, that they are normal. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the patient's in a lot of pain. Just explaining that 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 could happen helps so that they aren't panicking when they see their loved one going through that. You may also want to explain that some patients die pretty quickly after being taken off of a ventilator or life-supporting medications. For other patients, it takes more time, like making it clear so that it's not a surprise because this is already a tough enough situation to handle, tough enough experience to be in. Just telling them what could happen and what might happen and what to expect can really help ease some of that anxiety. And with all of these discussions, always make sure that you're emphasizing the focus on comfort. So when you're giving a medication, explaining that this is going to help them feel more comfortable, this is going to ease some of that discomfort. So highlighting the comfort aspect tells the family that you really care about their loved one and that you are making them as comfortable as possible in a really difficult transition. Most of the time, the family's intention as they're going through this process, all that they want is for their loved one to pass as peacefully and as pain-free as possible. And that is our role in this, is to help that happen. So making sure that you're emphasizing that with every interaction is really helpful for the family. And along that same vein, make sure that you're listening to the family's observations of when the patient is comfortable or uncomfortable or if they're observing some some sort of symptom or something that they're seeing in their family member. They are one of the best gauges of what's going on for that patient. If the patient cannot speak for themselves. So if you are exactly in this scenario that we described here where you're in the ICU, maybe you've got a patient that was on a ventilator and needed blood pressure support medications and you turned everything off and they are slowly passing, they're not not usually going to be the ones be, to be able to tell you when they're in pain. So listen to the family when they're telling you that they're noticing something. This really helps your family feel like they have a role in this process, which gives them back some of that control. And since they're the ones that are by the bedside, they're right by their side the, through the entire process, they may notice small things that you don't see when you're just checking in on the patient. So listen to your family in all respects, but definitely when it comes to patient comfort in this process. So those are just a few things that can be helpful to keep in mind when you're navigating the situation where you're kind of having these conversations about end-of-life care with family when it comes to a patient. Of course, like I said multiple times, this is not the answer to everything. This is not the whole story. There's so much more we can talk about, and we will in future episodes, but I want to break them up so that they're digestible, that you can just get episodes where you get a few things that are going to be helpful for you to bring into your practice. And if you are a newer nurse or maybe you're new to a setting 
where death and comfort care is a more frequent occurrence, something that you have to deal with more often, never be afraid to use your resources to build this skill. So especially if you are newer to a unit, like maybe you're you're new to the ICU, shadow and observe your peers doing this doing this job interacting with families so your fellow nurses maybe it's physicians different team members different care members shadow and observe how they deal with these interactions and you can easily pick up some really great skills from your peers who maybe have a little bit more experience in this specific area i know that in the icu there were definitely a handful of nurses that were just really skilled and really compassionate in with these specific situations. And so I would just try and help out when they had these cases or just assist or just ask questions or observe. As long as it's appropriate, you definitely want to make sure that the family is comfortable with you with an extra person being there. You don't need to necessarily phrase it like I'm learning, I'm observing. It could easily just be I'm here to help. But it's certainly super helpful just to see how other people have these conversations because you'll pick up all sorts of skills along the way with that. Outside of your peers, your fellow nurses, following and observing or just talking to your palliative care team, whatever it's called on in your hospital, most of them are palliative care. If you can interact with them, f- be in the room when they're talking to your patient, if it is your patient, or just having a conversation with them outside of a patient room, they are such a wealth of knowledge. And because they're dealing with palliative care, they have these types of conversations constantly. So they're really good at how to phrase things, what to expect, how to answer questions, how to handle just these difficult conversations. That's part of their skill set. So cling on to your palliative care team, use them frequently, and also just use them as a resource. So if you have a patient that you are starting to have these discussions about, they, they normally are already involved at this point. But if they're not, if you are even thinking that comfort care may be a discussion that's going to take place, or if you just don't understand what the goals are for your patient, what they want for their care, or what their family wants for their care, bringing in palliative care is an excellent way to gain some clarity and really get all everyone on the same page about what the patient or their family wants for their care. Similarly, if you are starting to have these conversations or if you are just moving to comfort care, involving something like a chaplain can also be very helpful if that's something that the family would like. So I would normally just present that idea to the family and say, hey, you know, we have a chaplain that can come by. They're non-denominational, but they can offer some support. Is that something that would be helpful for you? You can easily phrase it just like that. And they might say, no, I don't need that. Or they might want that. So definitely just offer and use whatever resources will help support the family and the patient through a difficult process. Okay, guys, I know that I could talk about this for a really long time. Like I said, there's so much that can be covered in this topic, but I want to keep this first episode succinct as much as possible. We'll continue to have these discussions. If you guys have questions about this area, if there, if this is something that you're struggling with, let me know and I can make sure that I'm also just bringing in more resources, maybe interviewing some nurses or palliative care docs just to give you guys more information about this. But I wanted to at least 
start the conversation and start to normalize this and build the skill. So I hope that the information we talked about was helpful. Know that these skills that we talked about, things like using the present tense, accepting silence, active listening, all those things are actually going to be helpful in your practice altogether. Anytime that you're having a difficult conversation or a really in-depth conversation with a patient, all these skills can be helpful for you. So just keep them in the back of your mind and just start to practice these things. It's, it's okay to make mistakes as well. It's going to happen. You're not always going to say the right thing. You're not always going to know what to do. That's okay. That's part of this process. So just use your resources, lean on your team, and just build these skills over time. If you did find this episode helpful, I hope that you share it with one of your nursing friends who may also benefit from this. Thank you guys so much for listening in and being here with me. Know that I am rooting for you. I know that you're doing an incredible job and I'm really proud of you. I hope that you guys are having a really great week and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for spending some time with me and our community in the nursing co-op. If you liked this episode and found some value in the content, please share it with any and all of your nursing friends on social media and tag me at Ashley underscore nursing co-op so that I can thank you personally. That way we can continue to build this community and change nursing culture for the better. I can't wait to see what we create. I will see you next week, but until then, happy nursing.